0: Auduhimina Shaytan al Rajim, Bismillah Rahman Rahim, Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen, Wasallallahu Allah Sayyidina Muhammadin wa Alihita Hirin. Verse number eighty six of Surah Araf. A'udhu billahi tell you in the name of Allah, the Lord is the one who will be the one who will wa the one Kuntum will be the one who will be the one the way of Allah those who have faith in him seeking to make it crooked and remember when you were few and he multiplied you and observe how was the fate of the agents of corruption now this is the third part of uh, Shoaib's advice to to his people or to the leaders of Madian Uh, initially he said that worship God and do not worship anything beside him And also uh, be fair and just in your transactions. This is the the, the overwhelming sort of uh, attitude in Madian when they were dealing outside their tribe. And then here, the third sort of advice was that if people would like to believe in me, if they choose to come to the path of God, do not threaten them. And do not bar them from coming to this path. Leave them free to choose whatever path they wish to, to follow. لا تقعد بكل سرات This is apparently alluding to uh, a situation which happened after Shaib called people to Allah and some people believed in him. Apparently, the authorities in the city uh, put guards on every road and avenue which led to, to Shoaib, barring people from going there, threatening them, threatening them to, to kill, to killing them or to probably confisc- confiscating their property. These are the things which uh, the, the Exodus have mentioned. If you go to Shoaib, if you go and listen to him, will confiscate your property or you will be killed, you will be punished uh, uh, in the most severe way. And this is what actually Shoaib is uh, uh, addressing the authorities in the city with. As we know, these uh, exchanges of uh, uh, communication mentioned in the Quran between the prophets and their people is mainly the exchange of communication between Prophets and the authorities, as we will see later on, uh, it's mentioned as and mala are the people in authority. The authorities told him. So every way, every path which leads to Shua'i, they, they they put guards on it. To adun from i'ad means threatening. You threaten people not coming to me and not listening to me. And tasuduna an sabiilillah, you bar people from the path of Allah, path of God coming to listening to the uh, words and communications of God. And this shows that apparently in every generation, what the Kufar did to prevent people from believing to the prophets was actually the same methods and tactics. They use the same methods and tactics. stressing people, not letting them to go and listen. Even when they wanted to listen, as we have in the Quran, Qur'an, they started to make noise so that people could not listen to it. And here of course people because the authorities in Madian were stronger and they could stop people from going and listening to Shoaib, they could actually really and physically prevent them from going and listening to him. What an sabilillah Now this you seek it crooked, and you seek to make it crooked. Uh, there are two meanings for this. Ewaj means crookedness, of course, and you seek sabilillah to be crooked. Now tabgunaha, this ha, the pronoun here is feminine and goes back to sabīl because sabīl is feminine in, in, in literature, in Arabic literature. So you seek the path of God to be crooked. There are two meanings mentioned by Exodus for this Tabhunaha iwaja. One is that, well, every human being, especially those people who were the addressee of the prophets, they also sought a way to Allah. They also sought a way to God. they were always also believers in God. however, they were going they were going along this path towards God in a, in the most crooked way, in a way that eventually it was not clear whether they would reach. The destination, They would arrive at destination or not. And they wanted God to be worshipped through the idols. They wanted God to be worshipped not as the Lord. Uh, the lords were the idols actually. Allah was just the creator. Or many, many other sort of uh, descriptions or explanations that they had for their own religions. And all were a crooked way of worshipping God. This is very interesting in our own contemporary life as well. I mean, many people talk about God. And they actually have many different methods of going along a path which they claim that it would eventually lead them to God or to an experience of God or to arriving at salvation. However, well, we know that not all these paths and avenues are... The same, and some of them are really crooked avenues and paths towards God. So, uh, what is important, especially for us who claim that we worship God, what is important is that we find the straight path, we find the sabīlullah, not the crooked paths which people claim. I mean, even in the contemporary world, people talk about arriving at an experience of God through meditation only, arriving at experience of God through certain uh, sort of uh, improvised religions or something like that. Of course, they are entitled to claim that, and we are entitled as well to certainly study and investigate whether this is the right way of going to God. So, one meaning of it is that this sabilullah is the sabil of fitrah is what straight, in a, in a straight way in a straight manner if people are left to themselves and uh, to a good guidance they are led to uh, to, to to the lord in uh, on along with the sabilullah however you seek to somehow crook and bend this path to, 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 to different paths which are, of course, improvised during the history. Uh, so uh, the, that the path of God is the path of Fetra. You always seek to crook it, to bend it, and seek it crooked. Seek it, seek to make it crooked. So this is the one meaning. Tabughunaha'i the second meaning, which is mentioned by many exegetes here as well, like Feiz Karshani in Asafi and uh, Sheikh Tusi in At-Tabyan, they say that what here people, especially the people of Median did, they tried to convince people that this path which you are going along with Shuaib is a crooked path. So tabqoonha ewaja means tatluboonha. You try to explain this To be a crooked way And again This is something that we experience In our contemporary life as well That many people would would tell us That religion, even the concept of God Is a crooked concept Is something which is created over the ages And people have somehow been uh, Been bent into a path which is not the path of human life. So, the second meaning is more appropriate here, because they threatened people not to go to Shoaib, not to listen to him, and secondly, they were trying to convince them that this path that Shoaib is calling you, to to follow is a crooked path this is not the right path of worshiping god the right path of worshiping god is what we are uh, following so taquduna bi kull siratin tu'iduna watasuduna an sabilillah tabghuna ha ewaja wa now the, the fourth advice that he is giving his people "Wanduru, Remember when you were few and Allah multiplied you And observe how was the fate of the agents of corruption Actually two things are put uh, beside each other here One, the ni'mah of Allah and then the punishment of Allah He is bringing to their attention That the ni'mah of Allah Is is sometimes Accompanied by his punishment The ni'mah is not going to go uh, uh, Unaccounted for If you do not follow the path of God So first of all He gave you the ni'mah Of uh, Populous. You, you were few, and because, of course, in, in those times, especially, if there, were, if there was a tribe with few people, they were vulnerable to all types of dangers, attacks, and therefore, probably this was, this was the case before, there were few people. There were only a few people. They were attacked from every corner. Then Allah multiplied them. They became a very strong community. And then they started to oppress others. They started to uh, trespass the rights of others. So, وَذَّكُرُوا إِذْ كُنْتُمْ قَلِيلًا فَكَثَّرَكُمْ However, now that you are powerful, now that you are multiplied, look at other people who are powerful. What Allah did to them when they went corrupt. So your your uh, your number and your power should not lead you to think that you can oppress and you can do wrong to others. You can do corruption without being accounted for that. وَذَكُرُوا إِذْ كُنْتُمْ قَلِيلًا فَكَثَرَكُمْ وَانْظُرُوا كَيْفَ كَانَ الْمُفْسِدِينَ. And There's another thing uh, that our attention is drawn to here is that for ni'mah of Allah, there is no condition. Allah will give ni'mah. However, for the continuation of the ni'mah, there is a condition. And that is that ni'mah should not be used for corruption. If you use that ni'mah for corruption, then Allah would stop giving you the ni'mah, would actually withdraw the ni'mah from you. And this is very clearly understood You didn't do anything Allah just gave you the power and number Now look at those people Who had the power and number And then of course they went corrupt And Allah, look what Allah did to them And this also again would give us a lesson For our own lives That's when Allah gives us a ni'mah, we have to be very, very careful. Because that ni'mah would continue so long as we don't use it for corruption. If we use it for corruption, it will stop in one way or another to come from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, then the next verse. And if a group of you have believed in what I have been sent with, and a group have not believed, then be patient until Allah judges between us, and he is the best of judges. Now, this is actually the answer to a hypothetical question. And that hypothetical question is that from the previous verses we understand that the followers of Shu'aib were under severe Uh, uh, persecution and uh, were under severe punishment by their people they were threatened uh, uh, their property were confiscated some of them were punished very badly so they were asking so what will happen now we have believed in you and you are giving us the promise of help of Allah when is that coming On the other side, the people who did not believe in him, especially the people in power, the authorities, they were doing whatever they wanted with the followers of Shoaib, and they saw nothing coming from the side of Shoaib's Lord or Shoaib's God. He was not helping them. So here, Shoaib is telling that, do not think that this situation is going to continue for long. Be patient. And you have to take heed that this will come as a surprise. I mean, the the punishment of God or the judgment of God. The judgment of God will come as a surprise. So if a group of you have believed in what I have been sent with, and a group have not believed, then be patient until Allah judges between us, and he's the best of judges. This is a threat for the disbelievers and this is a sort of promise of uh, Allah's help for those who believed in him and this shows that this argument between Shu'aib and his people went for a long time went for so long time that the believers were almost disappointed from help of God and disbelievers were somehow boldened by seeing nothing happening, whatever Shoaib is actually threatening with is not happening. And Shoaib says, be patient and, uh, to his people and of course to the disbelievers that do not be uh, somehow misled by the patience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, what was the reply from his people? قَالَ The mala again, here, of course, the leaders. The king of Madian and his people, the the, the ministers, the, the people in power, who, of course, were arrogant. And this, الَّذِينَ اسْتَكْبَرُوا مِنْ قَوْمِهِ apparently doesn't mean that there was a mala who were not arrogant and a mala who were arrogant. This is uh, 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 technically... Alwaswatudihi. Uh, it explains the situation of the mala. The whole mala were arrogant. They didn't want to listen to Shu'ayb. قال الملا الذين استكبروا من قومه لنخرجنك يا شعيب والذين آمنوا معك من قريتنا أو لا في ملتنا قال أو كنا كارهين. The elite of his people who were arrogant said, oh, Shoaib, we'll surely expel you and the faithful who are with you from our town, or else you shall revert to our creed. He said, what if even we should be unwilling? Now, why the authorities could not kill Shoaib and just get rid of him? They wanted to deport him, to expel him and the followers from their city. Apparently, first of all, Shuaib was one of the uh, the, the elders and the, the the most respected people in Madian, so they couldn't just simply get rid of him by killing him. And secondly, apparently, he had many followers, and if they wanted to do such a bloodshed and such killing in that city, in it, it would have actually uh, uh, bring them a, a, a misrepute among other tribes. Well, this is just guessing why they didn't want to kill Shoaib and they just wanted to deport him and his followers. And of course, deporting them didn't mean that they could take their properties with them, as we will see later on in, in the following verses. They, they They were telling them that you leave everything you have and you go. That's what we are offering you. If you want to follow this path, you just leave everything you have, and you just go. So Lanu ya Apparently this was a sort of private communication between Shuaib and the the, the the heads of Madian. They summoned him, they said either you stop or we are going to deport you and whoever follows you and this is going to be a severe punishment for them. So Shaib here is not talking On his own behalf, actually. He's talking on the behalf of himself and his followers. And this is what he didn't want to happen. He didn't want his followers to be divested of all their property, to be without any means of subsistence and just been deported from Madian. And those who follow you. We will deport you. Or else you return to our own creed, you return back you return back to our creed to our ancestors creed to what we were, we used to worship or we used to worship now, and your followers used to worship now this doesn 't mean that Shaib as well was one of those people who were worshiping idols and then uh, was guided by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, because here means you and your followers would return to our creed and uh, uh, because of course there were huge numbers also would, would have been included in this out or return to the creed some of the exodus actually have uh, taken the, uh, the conclusions from return to, to its Real limits, and I've said that yes, this means that Shuaib also was worshiping idols before, and then he uh, he, he became a, a, a monotheist, which is of course not really uh, uh, something understood from the uh, the word la ta'udun. Or you return to our creed. He said, "What even if?" We do not like to come back. We are reluctant to come back. Now, here, uh, Shoaib gives certain uh, reasons why we are reluctant to come back. And this is why Shoaib is called Khatibul Anbiya. He never actually talks from the position of authority to his people that this is my authority from God, you either uh, follow or punishment will come. No. He always used to argue in the best way with his people. Now here he says, okay, you want to make us, to force us to come back to this creed reluctantly. Now, what will happen if we do that? If we reluctantly come back, what will happen? And then he puts it in a way that the consequence is that, well, we accept deportation. If if you are actually giving us two options, either returning to your creed, returning back to your creed, or deportation, certainly, certainly, because of the argument that I'm giving here, we will accept, we will choose the option of deportation. So he says, now we are reluctant to come back. La he Kadiban in Udna, female laticum, Bada is Najana lahum in her. Wamaya kunu lana and nauda fiha ella, yesha Allah, Rabbuna, Wasa a Rabbana kul was a Rabbuna kulla she in Elma, Allah he tawakal, Rabbanafta habeina nawa baina comina bilhak, wanda hairul fate. This is after he accepts the deportation. Now he says. We would be fabricating a lie against Allah should we revert to your creed after Allah had delivered us from it. So, are we going to do this? Are we going to fabricate a lie against Allah after Allah has guided us? And here, of course, He's talking on His own behalf and on behalf of His own people. After Allah has delivered us, are we going to go back to that? it does not behoove us to return to it unless Allah our Lord should wish so our Lord embraces all things in his knowledge, in Allah we have put our trust, our Lord judge justly between us and our people and you are the best of judges, this is the dua he makes at the end so the argument is if we want to come back to your creed we have fabricated a lie against God and therefore we are not going to do it. The, the consequences for this is so severe that we would accept deportation. Therefore, we will never ever come back to that creed. Now, here you would see the type of manners and etiquette of prophets when they wanted to talk in a categorical way. They always use this Illa and Yasha Allah unless our Lord wishes. If he wants to misguide us, he will do it. But if it's up to us and we of course rely on him, we rely on our Lord and he is not going to misguide us. And if he does not misguide us, we are not going to go back to the creed which we were worshipping, of course not himself, his followers, before that. After he accepts deportation, he says that that now, Lord, judge between us. These people are going to deport us just because we are worshipping you. They are going to confiscate all our properties, all our wealth. And Shoaib himself was a very wealthy man as well. And this was a big threat to Shoaib uh, personally. That if you do not want to come back and you do, if you do not desist, you just leave and leave all your properties here. So, this is uh, the last decision of Shoaib, and he prepared his people for uh, leaving the place. And after the followers of Shu'aib started to prepare for leaving and they were ready to leave everything behind, then the authorities started to threaten them in another way. Not threatening them, actually warning them. وَقَالَ Kafaru If you want to follow Shu'aib in leaving this city, you will be the losers. You lose everything you have. You lose all our, your, your properties. Is it worth it? Is it worth it? You just leave everything you have following Shoaib. So this taba'atum this here, as the Exodus have said, it may have two meanings. One is following in the creed. Apparently this is not what is meant because previously they were telling them that if you follow Shoaib, you are going to kill you, you are going to confiscate your properties. Here it means if you physically follow Shoaib, and leave the city, you will be the loser. So we advise you to stay. We advise you not to go. Come back to this creed and stay here. Now, there's a very interesting... Verse coming later on We'll discuss next week inshallah That Allah uses the same phrase That, that they were using Those who belied Shaib And denied Shaib, They were the, the losers We'll discuss the adab which comes And the, the following the discussion inshallah Next week Wa ala wa alihi
1: Thank you very much, Indershek. Uh, I'll open the floor for discussion. Any comments, uh, question, answer? Any brothers or sisters? Uh, Riyadh, Ismail, Riyadh, Kaku, Mizar? Any sisters? Sisters? Anybody? Anybody? Yeah, yes. Okay,
2: thanks. Assalamu <laughs> alaikum, In the middle of the talk you said that these elders were, I can't remember the exact words, but they had a status quo. They were using something else, but was there mention, I I believe I did catch you saying that there is a God, but how to get to him Mm -hmm. is the question. So is it similar to what we saw in the Kaaba as being filled with uh, with, uh, idols? They knew the house was the house of God, Mm -hmm. but the idols were a way to get to God. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, all these people, Samud,
0: people of the new and people of shape, they were all idol worshippers. So they believed in idols and they believed in a creator who had created those idols and well, especially in, uh, in the creed of the Arabs at the time of the prophet, they thought that these idols would take them closer to the creator. So there was a religion, there was a path towards God. However, that was very crooked, very, a very convoluted way of uh, worshipping God.
2: So, By extension, can I say that after science has found out that there is a creator just in case, if that is a fact in science, then really nothing is lost, is there? Because at the end of the day, God is the one who is being worshipped. So what I'm trying to say is that, is it a finite line between, um, between Shirk and Vasilah? Of course, we've discussed this before, but in those days, was it as simple as my idols are bigger, or that my system is better, which one was it? Well, each people
0: were worshipping their own idols, and if they found another idol which was more powerful, they used to worship that one as well, because they didn't see any contradiction between worshipping different idols, because they were actually the lords and the masters in the universe. They were controlling things. And if they found that there is another people, who are worshipping a Lord which is more powerful they used to worship that as well I mean uh, in line with that however believing in a creator is not the question after believing in him what to do how to worship him is actually the main teaching of the prophets and that's why you see all these prophets say Worship God. Not just believe in God, worship God. And this is what we are lacking in our modern day in many people who believe that there is a creator, but they do not worship him because they say, well, he doesn't need worship, for example. Missing the missing the fact that we need the worship, say, they say he doesn't need worship.
1: Thank you, any sisters? Uh, no,
0: sir.
3: Sheikh, this is a very interesting point you raised of how people change or their allegiances to their idols. You're saying that if they saw another culture which had more power or wealth, they would assume that their god was a better god Mm. and change. And isn't that what many of us do today, that we see cultures which are more powerful and more materially wealthy, and we immediately assume that they are better or superior and we forget our own cultures. Mm. And nothing really has changed, has it?
0: Yeah, yeah, there's always a misjudgment that we think that if someone is more powerful then there's more truth in, in, in what they say and what they do which is a fallacy of course we have to separate between the two things between the power and wealth and the truth and this is what of course most of the people miss you are right Yeah.
1: any sisters brothers any brothers yeah <coughs>
3: Thank you, Sheikh. Uh, So, if i just putting myself amongst the people of Shoaib, and uh, here we are, I'm asked to leave everything and go to another town. So, uh, I I have somebody whom uh, I have believed in, um, so I agreed that there is one God, and he's telling me to go with him get rid of all my properties or forget all my properties, whatever wealth, children, whatever, Um, either go with them or go without them. So uh, I would make a decision at that time. So if I bring this in today's context, um, if for for example, hypothetically uh, in ten years time there is likely to be a huge uh, uh, Allah's measure and force in whatever manner is going to affect one town, for example. And if it is going to be, say, here where I am, if somebody really warned me today and said, look, I'm suggesting you move, I would actually move today. Uh, I would actually sell everything. I would move with my children uh, and family and convince everybody else and move away from London. So am I not being disadvantaged Not getting the direct message Today There's no prophet, there's no imam Nobody is there to tell me Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So is Allah Being unfair on me If he inflicts an azab in my land Without warning
0: Uh, As we said The type of azab coming to uh, To people who rejected the prophets Directly Is not coming anymore I mean, because people are rejecting God, uh, suddenly there is a sort of annihilation of the whole community. This only happens when a prophet comes, and that's why we have in many many traditions that this azab is not coming anymore because there is no more prophet. And we shouldn't uh, somehow substitute prophets with people who just convey their message because the the caliber is so different and the. The status and situation is so different that we should not do, uh, think of that. So I don't think we should be afraid of that. And here with the people of shuaib the people of shuaib were actually were not certain that the Azab were coming was coming. Even shuaib himself didn't know that the Azab was coming. He just said, "Allah judge between us," and he didn't know that Allah is going to judge in that way. So even the people then who were ready to just leave all their property and go they were not warned that if you do not come out there will be a azab coming to this city so they did purely out of dedication just like the time of the prophet I mean you see the muhajirun they left whatever they had in Mecca and went and therefore they didn't have homes in Medina people of Medina accommodated as many as they could in their homes, and the rest were just uh, uh, residing around the mosque. They didn't have any place. They didn't have any money. And that's why the first battle which happened, Allah says all the booties should go to Muhajirun, because they didn't have anything, actually. So uh, they did it out of dedication, not because they feared a punishment is going to come to Mecca. And actually, this is the value, isn't it? If, if we do these things out of dedication... Now I really doubt myself If someone comes and tells me Leave whatever you have and go Because of, for the sake of God Whether I do it or not It's a very, of course, severe test For every person uh, During their lives
1: uh, Any sisters before you come to Brother
4: Manju? No, Manju. Uh, you know, uh, these uh, people who oppose uh, Prophet uh, Shaheb is asking them to come back to their creed. In the similar way, Islam is also asking us to come to Islam by saying La ilaha illallah. Whatever is before it, you say La and then you come back to Islam in totality, which is similar in a way that they are asking to leave everything what you have and come back to us. So. In both ways, it is asking either this side or that side. Now, when we come back to Islam, when is Islam is inviting people to come in their totality and living whatever they were believing before it, uh, and the treatment of people uh, who oppose uh, uh, Prophet shaib is that they were creating problems for them, the, the followers of shaib for the followers of shaib in what way is Islam inviting people and not falling back in the same trap that the opposers of uh, Prophet Shoaib were uh, following? So how Islam is inviting without creating the problems who are not accepting Islam? If I, I don't know if I've been able to ex-
0: explain myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you see, what shaib says that if we come back to your creed, we have fabricated lie against God and that is by claiming that God has delegated whatever he has created the control to these idols you have no proof for it and if we come back to your creed we have fabricated a lie against God and we are never going to do that now by coming to Islam you mean by converting to Islam is that what you, you mean? by converting to Islam first of all no one actually fabricates a lie against God we are actually uh, removing all idols from from this world Any, anyone controlling anything now if you say that there are consequences for those who do not come to Islam I don't think that is the case I don't think there are consequences for that we have to really look back into the seerah of the Prophet and the way the A'emma had uh, looked at the idea of da'wah To see whether they really uh, Saw consequences For those people who did not come to Islam Or Mainly what they wanted to do They wanted to take this da'wah To other parts And if they were allowed To take it freely They would have done it Otherwise if there were people Who were stopping them from taking this da'wah They fought against them However they did not force people in different uh, areas, either to come to Islam or they will be killed. The only thing we have in the Quran is about the mushrikun of Arab. We should not actually confuse between them and every other mushrikun and kafirun around the world. And that is only in certain areas where Surah Tawbah has mentioned. That after the Mushrikun did not desist from fighting against the Prophet, there was a declaration of war and that they should either believe or they will be fought against. And this was a case in a situation. I don't think we can really extend this to the whole Islamic da'wah. That's not possible.
1: Um,
3: so just go back to your answer to my previous question, so if I understood you well, and I'm sorry, I must have missed your one of the lectures. You said that the major um, catastrophe, catastrophical azab of Allah will not happen now mm-hmm. uh, in the absence of the Prophet. Um, so does it mean that today, if in, in, in the world that I'm living in, uh, if I see a civilization Uh, dominating, uh, a power dominating the world in an unjust manner or a a group of people occupying a piece of land uh, with an expansionist mode and being unjust, um, the best I can do is in my human capacity to try and fight that injustice. Um, In other words, a supernatural or um, Allah's force over and above is unlikely to happen yeah. um, until the end of the world is, is that that's
0: absolutely the, 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 the conclusion that now it's left to us, it's not Allah bringing something supernatural it's left to us and that is very clearly mentioned in Surah Hajj Allah would uh, stop some people by other people if he wouldn't have done that Any type of place In which God is worshipped Would be destroyed If people do not stop each other So it's now left to us And we are very Very lazy
1: <laughs> Thank you uh, I think Feroz you had it
2: Okay uh, Following on from there Could you please touch on the uh, Wahhabi view when when you go opposite to having faith that God will punish people on this earth or not. Is it, that, is it true that in the extreme um, Wahhabi Saudi Muslim view is that the punishment has to be meted out by the people of God which is if I believe in it then I must kill the infidel. Is, is there such a thing? Is that the justice of God? I don't think we have to restrict ourselves to these sort of very
0: narrow-minded and simplistic uh, uh, explanations of the verses of the Quran. And, because if we want to really come into such discussions, we have brought our level so low to discuss such things. I mean, uh, in, in some uh, Muslim views, I mean, if you do not strictly follow that explanation of Islam that they understand you are a kafir you should be killed and, and you see that Muslims are killing each other around the world then more than killing anyone else isn't it? I mean these takfiris are killing Muslims more than anyone else on the world, in the world so I, I don't think we have to even take uh, notice of that sort of explanation
1: okay, Any sisters? brothers? Yeah, Feroz.
0: <laughs> uh,
5: further to the discussion that Nizar pursued with you, I just want to clarify something if the punishment of God in its natural form is it a supernatural form is not going to come, is there not a danger that when we in this time and age reflect on the verses of the Quran and see ad and Samood and other places where Allah mentions his wrath, you know uh, when many instances in the history uh, that it's not going to happen because there's no prophet. Is there not a danger that that gives us false sense in a general sense that everything is okay, even for Muslims that, you know, and we might be lulled into a sense of righteousness when we might not be?
0: Uh, well, the point is that Allah is so kind that he says that we are not going to give sudden death to a, to a communication unless we send a, a messenger now what is actually withdrawn is sudden death however there's another system of justice running in the world a gradual system of justice we shouldn't ever forget that, that and that works on individual level and on community level and that system of justice will punish eventually punish the individual and the community if they, they do corruption. However, that doesn't bring sudden death to a person or to a community. It gradually uh, meets the, uh, the standards of justice in regards, with regards to that community or, or to that person. And we see that certainly, I mean, even after the Prophet's The the civilizations rise, fall, die, they give their place to other civilizations, and this is something which continuously happens. In the following verses that we have after the story of Shoaib, there is a sort of conclusion, summing up, of what happened during the history. And it's a very, very beautiful conclusion, very interesting one, which we can actually take lots of lessons from. So probably next week or the following week, inshallah, we go to that conclusion that Allah makes. It's a very interesting uh, sort of uh, uh, order of uh, verses that Allah started with a sort of general idea of human life on this earth, then came to the individual communities, how they... Uh, uh, they led their, they they con- conducted their lives, and then there is a conclusion at the end, which will come. Inshallah, we'll talk about it there.
1: Yes. Uh, Sheikh, sorry. Okay. Uh, Sheikh, when we talk about the Na'mah, the Na'mah of Allah is for everyone initially, for believers, non-believers. Now, when we say that. Uh, <coughs> If the nema are not used in the way Allah wishes us to use, then He will take away the Nema. Um, so, here I'm very careful not to use the word Muslim because I classify into two classification only believers and non believers. So, initially the Nema is for everyone, but then if a, a believer um, does not use the Nemah properly, um so allah will take away the ne'mah what does it mean does it mean that he the whatever the ne'mah is given is there but that will now continue not as a ne'mah but something else uh, so that uh, that believer will begin to feel that he is not getting the uh, proper uh, uh, benefit from it and when uh, And then is there a stage where he begins to feel that he's not using it properly And then he reverts back to its proper use And when we look at the non-believers The ni'mah is there So uh, how will Allah take away the ni'mah So there are two kind of parts to the question
0: This doesn't happen in one's uh, lifetime you see It's a gradual process Allah will not change the situation of a people unless they change their attitude. okay That means the name Allah gives he never takes back unless you change the attitude, changing the attitude from thankfulness to to kufran. change the attitude from worshiping God, to corruption. So but this doesn't happen immediately. As I said, there's no sudden death here. There's a gradual process. It may take several generations that the NEMA is withdrawn gradually. And this gradual process is just for people to come back to their minds to think, for the whole community actually, to think whether where they are going wrong. And uh, if we look back into the history we see that this has happened. This has always happened This is the only trend that we can see in the history as a, 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 as a unique trend Which has taken every community into itself However, because now we live in the present time We do not have that historical perspective We do not have the long-range perspective We think that, well, this is not working This, this rule of Allah, this uh, sunnah of Allah is not working But it's there, certainly
1: Okay, it is there, but uh, the we well, see. But you want
0: it to be fast and quick. And no, no, no. Budget, huh?
1: <laughs> uh, no, we see that more and more people are misusing the Nama and uh, there is never a, a kind of a realization that they are misusing it. Uh, so the misuse, there is a trend of misuse is continuing uh, rather than falling back and thinking about. This is a ne'ema and kind of uh, repenting and go back to the belief. Uh, So this trend of uh, increasing about uh, the misuse.
0: Well, actually, there's a verse in the Quran that just gives the same, uh, actually asks the same question. Why people do not come to their minds after the ne'ema is withdrawn? Why they are not thinking and pondering on why these, were withdrawn, and Allah says, "Actually, that's these are the people. The, this, this, is the way the people are. Unfortunate. It's an unfortunate." Thank you. Is there?
1: I think there is a last question, Doctor. Is it? Yeah, Professor.
5: alaikum S- Sorry, just if following that point, that uh, is, if you have namma and somehow. Uh, at an individual or even at a societal level, uh, you are not using it properly, in quotation marks, and, and it's leading to oppression and injustice. Uh, isn't it not better than uh, Allah's mercy that you should find a stop in that and some, some difficulty should come so that it stops that? So in that sense, is that not a mercy of God if that harms And if it doesn't come, Then is that not in itself uh, not an Emma, but uh, the opposite of it?
0: So you ask for punishment of God to come sooner rather than later, huh?
5: Yeah, because it seems that if it doesn't come and your time expires. And then it comes,
0: you say, Why did it come so soon? (laughs) Let us have some more thought about it. So, well, if God is doing it that way, that means it's correct. (laughs) Our minds are so limited, we cannot, of course, judge these things.
1: Okay, I think the, for the time being we have exhausted the questions and comment for today's. Uh, thank you very much indeed, Shaykh Muhammad Wa'alim Muhammad Salawat.